Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everyone today? We hope everybody had a happy new year, and we're ready to get started on this brand new year. Well, let's stand up and sing this morning, Jesus is all the world to me, and we'll sing the first and the fourth stanzas. That's hymn number 184. Oh, my God. 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have gathered in this place of worship, grateful for the privilege to be here in your presence, but also reminded, O oh God, that as you live in each of us, you're always with us. I thank you for the privilege we have to come to a place like this. Now, Father, we pray that you will lead us in the service. May your name be glorified. Help us all to know of the relationship we have with you, that in it we have joy and peace, forgiveness, assurance. And so now, Lord, bless each one gathered. Touch us in the way that we need to know your presence. And then send us out into this community and to the ends of the earth that we may be faithful in sharing the good news of Christ. This we pray in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And how are you this morning? How was the snow at your place? It didn't snow so bad. Oh, are you disappointed? You are. You hope it snows tonight. All right. Well, it is good to be here. And if you're visiting with us, we're delighted to have you. And we'd ask that you reach just in front of you and get a visitor's card, fill it out, and put it in the offering plate later. Let's see about announcements. Who has a word for us? Not a thing. No children's church today. All right. Thank you, Miss Children. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyone out here? Got a word for us? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Fun night at the gym. Friday night. What time? Six to nine. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. Anyone else? God is good. God came to the earth in the child of his son. He's coming. When? What shall we do? Be ready. We're ready to sing again? Come on, ladies, and let's sing. We're going to sing hymn number 410, It Is Well With My Soul. And I know this is one of my favorite songs. I know it's one of y'all's stand up and sing. Let's sing it for a second before the stands.
turn and greet your neighbor. Turn to our seats. I would like to invite all the children down for the children's sermon. Right here now? Okay. Jack, do you want to start us off? Well, did everybody have a good New Year's? Y'all ready for school to start back tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. I was I was thinking I was gonna get some no's. Are y'all getting bored at home? Y'all ready to see your friends? No, we have a tablet, so So you're good? Oh, I guess I guess electronics can help with that. A spray or something. Well, it's nice having y'all here. What's y'all's names? Well, hi. Y'all have a nice day. What we do is we pass this sack around, and then you guess what's inside, and then we have a sermon about it for y'all. So, what y'all do for New Year's? That's a good guess. Um, 
bet that was fun. Oh, okay. It's called shaking it. Do y'all have any guesses? Got a guess, Daniel? I'm surprised that y'all are ready for school to start back. No, why are y'all? Well, I guess that's the way to put it. A telescope. A water bottle. Lotion. Hairspray. Okay, well, I don't think that anybody guessed it this time. It is perfume. Oh, we, we don't, you don't want to take the top off. Well, I got this sermon from whenever I went to Extreme this week, or last week, I don't really know. I haven't really been keeping up with it since school. But I went to Extreme, and I got this sermon from a speaker. I'm going to read, it's practically a whole story. It's John 12, and it's, I'm going to go and start reading. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived in Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Have y'all, what kind of parties have y'all ever been to? A Christmas party? Um, a skating party? Pizza party? Birthday party? Halloween party? Well, have you ever been to a party where somebody's been risen from the dead? That's weird. Well, you know what? That's what that's what the speaker said to us. And I was just like, you know what? Come to think of it, I never have. I never have. Yep, that's right. Jesus is the only one. Well, do you know what they done at this party? I'm going to read it to you. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of the pure nard, which is a perfume. A very, it's not this kind. Very expensive. It's worth a year's wages. How much money you make in a, a wages is like how much money you make in a year. So whenever your parents go to work, all that money they make in that one year, that's how much it is. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That's how much that perfume is. You know something weird about this perfume? And it's, if you open it, you can't open it. You have to smash it on the ground. And you can't, you cannot, it's not like one of these where you can just have a little spray thing and you put the cap back on. You have to smash it and then you can only use it once. It's a whole bottle. Now, would you want to go spend that much money on that? Well, let's find out what they do with that perfume. Okay, let's get quiet. Then Mary took about the pint of the pure nard, an expensive perfume, which she poured into Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And, then, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume.
But one of his disciples, Judas, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold at a money for the giving to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not want this because he cared about the poor, but he, but because he was a thief. As he keep, as the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was to put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. They used this perfume not for them to have a, have a good scent. They used this perfume for whenever somebody dies. It's like their gift to them. They break it and they pour it on them whenever they're dead. Well, no, they just pour it all over them. Well, what they done is instead of uh, Martha, instead of her saving it for her burial, she wanted to give it, for some reason she just had a weird feeling, she wanted to give it to Jesus now. So what she done was she just broke it open and she poured it on his feet. Have you ever wiped somebody's feet with your hair? I don't like feet. I hate feet. You hate stinky feet? Well, I would. I don't think I'd be able to do that. She was very brave. I just, I don't like feet. They're a weapon. I, then I guess you could say mine are a weapon after basketball. I'm just kidding. Okay. Then he, and then Jesus told him to leave her alone. It was intended for her to do this. He intended for her to do this, didn't he? As he just now said. He said, you should that it was intended for her to do this. She should have she should save this for the perfume of my burial day. You will always have to pour among have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So you'll always have the poor with you, but he will he will not always be there but he he's always with you, but he will not be No, he'll always be there. I don't know how to put that in words. Yeah, he won't be there in person. Meanwhile a large crowd of the Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief presence made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on the account of him, many Jews were going over and Jesus was putting into faith. So, if... Did y'all learn anything out of that? You don't learn anything? Well, what what does that tell you, kind of? So that's why that's why Mary had broken the perfume and put it on his feet. Why why did she do that? Because Jesus was special to her, right? Well, we're going to go with because Jesus was special with her, to her. But on the day, whenever they thought that Jesus was dead, and everybody, all these women were going up there with their perfume they had bought, and they were going up there, but she was the only one who didn't have it. But then they come to find out that they never got to use that perfume because he never died, really. He died, and he went down to hell, and he fought for us, and he saved us. And then he rose again. And whenever he rose again... They didn't get to use that perfume, did he? She was the only woman that can say that she got to do that. Now, is that not something that you would want to be able to say? But you can't say that, can you? 
that's one amazing thing, isn't it? Anybody want to pray us out? Which one of y'all did I let? I think I told her last week. I'll let you do it next week. Dear Lord, thank you for this day and thank you for what you have done to the earth. And I pray that you put your hand on everybody as they go out through the church. In Jesus' and God's name, amen. Let's stand up and sing There's a Land That Is Fairer Than Day. It's on him, uh, page number 515, and let's sing all three stanzas. time during our service to give back a portion of that that we have been blessed with heavenly father uh, we ask your blessings on this offering bless not only the gift but also the giver let it be used to grow your kingdom reach our community for you uh, let us open our minds as pastor mark brings the uh, uh, brings the sermon to us uh, keep us safe Bless our friends, bless our family, watch over us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Father, hear my prayer. I need the perfect words, words that he will hear. Coming straight from you, I don't know what to say. I only know it hurts to see my only friend slowly fade away. So maybe this time I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is tearing at my words. What am I so afraid of? Cause here I go again, talking about the rain and mulling over things that won't live past today. As I dance around the truth, time is not his friend. And this might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. Here I go again. Here I go again. Lord, you love him so. You gave your only son. If he would just believe, he will never die. How then will he know what he has never heard? Lord, he has never seen you mirrored in my life. So maybe this time I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is tearing at my words. What am I so afraid of? Because here I go again, talking about the rain mulling over things that won't live past today as I dance around the truth time is not his friend and this might be my last chance to tell him that you love him here I go again here I go here I go your fire in my eyes but that old familiar fear is tearing at my words what am I so afraid of cause here I go again talking about the rain and mulling over things that won't live past today as I dance around the truth time is not his friend this might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. This might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. This might be my last chance to tell him that you love him. You love him. You love him. What am I so afraid? 
What am I so afraid? What am I so afraid of? How then will he know what he has never heard?
thank you, choir, and thank you, Rob. Appreciate you sharing with us this morning. I'm sure most of you are aware that Lisa, our ministry assistant, her mother passed away yesterday, and you'll want to be much in prayer for Lisa and her family. This is a historical moment in the life of the church. There are those times when God deems it in his will for the church to seek out the pastor to lead the congregation. I met Mark just recently. Saw him around a while, didn't know who he was, but I came to appreciate him as a friend and as a brother in Christ. And then yesterday to meet Valerie, Matthew, and Michael, and Megan, beautiful, beautiful family. And you have gathered in this place today not only to worship the Lord as you have in many, many Sundays, but also to worship him through listening to Mark as he brings the message that God has put upon his heart. The search committee has worked long and hard, and we all join our hearts together now in welcoming Brother Mark to this pulpit to preach the message that God has laid on your heart and know that there are many prayers going up from this room as you preach. So come, my friend, and share the message that God has given you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed the music today. It's been a blessing to my heart, as I'm sure it's been to yours as well. And uh, I've appreciate yesterday. I want to thank the church family for the yesterday. It was, a, it was a privilege to be with you and, and, and what a joy it was to be able to meet some of you and, and uh, some of you I, I, I know and some of you I, I recognize your face but wasn't able to, to uh, remember a name. But uh, anyway, it was a joy and a blessing to be with you yesterday. And, and I tell you, this, this weekend has, has been a, a tremendous blessing, something I've been looking to uh, for, for a long time um, and I'm just so thankful to be with you here today and for this opportunity I've been praying for this moment and it's just a privilege to be with you today to, to open God's word and to share from my heart I appreciate Dr. Allen uh, we've, we've become friends just recently and I have enjoyed being able to, to spend some time with him and, and talking with him and, and uh, he, he told me this is a loving church family and we experienced that yesterday and I'm so grateful for yesterday. And, uh, and then the opportunity that I believe the Lord is leading in uh, to give me this opportunity today to preach His Word. And I understand uh, the, the business that's at hand, but it's my prayer and it's my desire that God's Word will go forth here this morning and that His work would be done. And that's, that's my desire this morning. And if you have your Bibles, if you'll please open with me to Philippians chapter 3. Our main text today is, is one verse, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. And I want to preach to you a message that the Lord has laid on my heart entitled, Press On for the Lord. From Philippians chapter 3 and 
verse 14. You know, none of us enjoy difficulties and tough times. Matter of fact, I'm sure none of us today, maybe there was a few, but I'm sure none of us got up this morning and prayed and said, Lord, please help me to have a difficult day today. I'm sure we just we don't pray prayers like that too often. We don't enjoy trials. We don't enjoy difficult times. But you know, the fact is that as believers, we're going to face tough times and trials in our lives. We don't enjoy it, but the good news is, is as believers, we know that God has a plan and God is working and there's a purpose for it all. I appreciate the marquee out front, Jeremiah 29, 11. Certainly, God does have a plan for us and it's a plan for our good, for our benefit. And sometimes it's just God's will for us to go through trials and go through difficulties uh, in order that he may mature us and equip us. And uh, matter of fact, I want to read to you from James chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 4. James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You see, James says that we're going to face trials. He doesn't say if you face trials. He says when you face uh, various trials or, or divers' temptations. He's talking about trials that we're going to face. And he says that as believers, we can face it with joy, count it all joy. Now, that doesn't make sense to the world. The world, you know, they, they want to hurry up and get out of a trial. But as believers, we have the confidence that God is in control and God is sovereign and He's got a plan and purpose. And He tells us a little bit about that here in James. He says that it will work patience. You know, patience doesn't come at an easy uh, price. And, and you're looking at one of the most impatient uh, persons on the face of this earth. We, we face difficulties, but they, they do bring patience, bring about patience. And then He goes on to talk about how uh, we'll be entire and perfect and, and lacking nothing or wanting nothing. Now, he's not talking about sinless perfection, but the fact that, that we will be equipped, that we will have patience, and that God is working. And, and certainly when we go through the trials and difficulties of life, God is working to make us better, to make us stronger, to increase our faith. Romans 8.28 encourages us that all things work together for good to them that love God and those that are called according to His purpose. Did you hear that? All things. So we don't, we don't enjoy trials, but as believers we face them differently from a lost and dying world. We know that God is in control. We know that God has a plan and a purpose. And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love God. So, with all that being said, I want to, have a, I want to ask a question for you this morning as we begin. Should you and I, who love God, who have been saved, who live according to His purpose, not our purpose... Those of us who understand that trials are to equip us, that God is in control, should we come to the place where we say, I am done? You know, that, that's a popular saying today, especially among our, our students and teenagers. They, they come to, I, I've, I've heard them say it many times, maybe you have, I'm done. You know, maybe they might post something on social media. You know, they, they're dealing with a friend or they're dealing with a family situation or, or what it may be just a, a compilation of a lot of things and they come to the place where they just say, I'm done. In other words, they're just, they're just not going to deal with it anymore. Well, I don't believe it's God's will for us to be done with Him. You know, we're going to face trials. We're going to face difficulties. 
And I believe that God will give us the strength and He will give us the grace and He will give us the, the power that we need to be able to press on. And that's my word for you church this morning is that we press on. And when I'm talking about pressing on, I'm not talking about depending on our own strength. I'm not talking about looking to ourself. I'm talking about looking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm telling you this morning, He will give us the strength that we need to be able to press on. Press on, not in your name, but press on in Jesus' name. That's, that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us here in Philippians chapter 3 and, and verse 14. I'm sure by now uh, you found your place in Philippians chapter 3. And uh, let's look together as, as we read this tremendous, this wonderful verse of Scripture in verse 14. Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning. And Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord, that, that you are in control. Thank you, Lord, that, that you are able. God, we, we fall short and we're so limited. But Lord, we're trusting in a risen, living Savior who is above all, who is supreme. And God, we depend on you and we look to you this morning. Lord, there might be some here this morning that's thrown in the towel. Maybe tough circumstances and, and difficulties have just caused them to just say, I don't, I don't enjoy this and I don't like this and I just, it's not worth it anymore. But God, I pray that you'll help us to press on, Lord, to continue to live and look to you and rely on you, to press on in Jesus' name. Lord, may your work be accomplished here today. We ask in your precious name. Amen. Well, when I think about pressing on, I'm so glad this morning that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ didn't say, I'm done. I'm glad that when he, when he came to this earth and he walked on this earth, every step that he took ultimately led him to the cross of Calvary. And he did that for your sins and mine. You see, he was totally innocent. You and I were the ones that, were, that was guilty. We, we stood condemned before a holy God. But Jesus was willing to submit to the Father's plan. And he came to this earth and, and ultimately went to the cross. And you know, a lot of times we might say, I'm done because life's not fair. You know, we, we, and, and we probably are right. There's, there's difficulties that we face and circumstances that we don't understand. And, and the fact of the matter is, it's just not fair. And that may cause some of us to not be willing to persevere and press on. But I want you to know that the greatest injustice of all time, you may think that you've been done wrong, and, and I'm sure you have, and I've, I know there's times that I've been done wrong. We've all been uh, done wrong. We live in a sin-cursed world. But the greatest injustice of all time, and I want you to hear this this morning, was when the sinless Son of God was nailed to the cross in your place and mine. What I'm saying to you this morning is that it should have been you and it should have been me that was nailed to that cross. We were the ones condemned and we were the ones that were guilty. But he stood in your place and mine. He was totally innocent and he was nailed to the cross, treated just like a common criminal. And yet he was the sinless, perfect son of God. So I want to encourage us to look to our Lord and Savior this morning and remember what he did for us. He pressed on and he endured and he's expecting us to do the same. It's God's will for his believers, for his children to press on. So Paul says this morning, I press toward the mark. And I want us to see briefly this morning two realizations concerning pressing on for the Lord. First of all, uh, we, we see in the first part of verse 14, we, the realization is that, that, that uh, there's something involved in pressing on. I want us to see what is involved in pressing on. Look at me at verse 14. Paul says, I press 
toward the mark. Now, press means to run swiftly, as if you're running after someone or you're, or you're running to catch something. And it's also used figuratively, figuratively as, as one who is a Christian running a race, um, one who is, who is, um, who is, is trying to reach a goal of, of living righteous and living for the Lord. And so, so get the picture of someone running a race. Someone that's in a race, they're, they're not going to just, just take a break and just stop. They're running a race, and they're, they're in this race, and, and uh, they're, they're running swiftly, and they're going after a goal. And obviously, you run a race to win. And so that's the picture I want you to get. That's what Paul says, I press toward the mark. I'm running a race, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going after a goal. I'm running so that I might win. Now, this is interesting. The word press is closely related to persecution. Matter of fact, the Greek word for press is actually translated persecute or suffer persecution 31 times. So when we, we talk about pressing on for the Lord, we need to understand that it's closely related to persecution and difficult times. But here's the good news. Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus said, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Isn't that good news this morning? Our Lord and Savior has, has uh, given us the victory. He, he has overcome. You know, how many of you watched the Orange Bowl the other night? We, we did, and I, I've got a, a kindergarten daughter. We were up past midnight, and she was in the game watching it right there with us. And come 1 o'clock, we were so excited we couldn't go to bed. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we love to be on the winning side, don't we? Now, things didn't go too well, especially at the half. I just thought... You know, we're, we're going we're gonna to fall short. It's, it's not going to go well. Well, in the, in the course of a game, you know, the Gamecocks won a, a big goal as well, the Capital One Bowl against Wisconsin. And, and we just love it when our teams win. You know, we, we want to be on the winning side. Matter of fact, I talked with someone just yesterday. They, they watched a replay of the, the Orange Bowl. And you know, it's a little bit different when you watch the replay because when those tough times come, you know the outcome, Right? I mean, when, the, when, it, when, you, when there's an interception or a fumble or things are not going well, the other team scores, you, can just, you don't just turn it off and throw the uh, remote down because you know how it ends. Well, I, wanna, I want you to think about this for a minute. As believers in Christ, He's already won the war. He's already won the battle. Matter of fact, Paul talks about how you know, we ought to be thankful to God because He gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we are on the winning side when we are on the Lord's side. And what a blessing that is this morning. We, we have the victory through Christ. And so what I'm saying to you, we already know the outcome. Just like watching a game over again, watching a replay of the game, you know the outcome, and something happens that's difficult or frustrating, but you, you stay in there with it because you know the outcome. Well, as believers, we're on the winning side. And so I want you to focus on the Lord, and I want you to look to Him this morning. What I'm saying to you is, is press on because we have the victory through Jesus Christ. Certainly, the Apostle Paul knew about suffering. I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse, verses 7 and 8. Paul says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God. You see where the power comes? It's not from man. Paul didn't rely and depend on himself, but the power was of God and not us, Paul says. But in verse 8, he continues and says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair. Only the believer can say, when, I am, when I'm struggling, and when there is trouble on every side, and, and, uh, and when I am um, perplexed, 
that I am not in despair, that I am not distressed. Why? Because of the power of God. I mean, we look to Him and we trust in Him this morning. Well, we fast forward to the end of Paul's life. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Paul had been faithful to the Lord. He stayed true. He didn't get out of the race. He pressed on and he endured. And certainly if there was one who had a reason to, to, to not press on, it was the Apostle Paul. Thrown in jail, was shipwrecked, was stoned, I believe even stoned to death, brought back to life. And all of this was before the cause of Christ as he preached the gospel. And he pressed on no matter what he, what he faced. He, he stayed faithful and he stayed true. And a matter of fact, 2 uh, uh, Timothy 4 was a verse that, was, that Paul wrote just before he was martyred. He stayed true to the end. He pressed on. And I want you to hear this this morning. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7. I have fought a good fight. It is a good fight, by the way. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. May that be said of every believer under the sound of my voice this morning. That we will fight the good fight. We will finish our course. And we will keep the faith. Paul continues. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And listen to this. This includes you and me, and not only to me only, but, but all, unto all them also that love His appearing. That's you and me. We press on, and we, we serve the Lord. We, we fight the, the good fight that, that Paul fought. We keep the faith, and it's going to be worth it all one day. We're going to talk about the prize and the reward in, in just a moment. But Paul didn't quit. And maybe you, you're here this morning... And you've been going through some tough times. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you're dealing with some disappointing news. And, and maybe you're just about to throw in the towel if you haven't already done it. Maybe there's been some things to, that has just caused you to, to just give up on God. Did you used to teach a Sunday school class? Did you used to sing in the choir? Maybe, maybe you don't do that anymore. And maybe it's because uh, of, of hurt feelings or whatever it might have been. Well, I want to I urge you and I want to challenge us this morning. Press on, my dear brother. Press on, my dear sister. Let's continue on for the one who loved us and the one who gave his life for us. No matter what we suffer here on earth, no matter what difficulties we face, it can't compare to what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ endured. And yet, he endured and he pressed on. The Apostle Paul faced uh, suffering and persecution and trials, but he continued on. He pressed on in the same God that gave him the strength and the enablement and the grace to continue on will give you that grace to press on in Jesus' name. I promise you one day it'll be worth it all to be faithful and serve the Lord and, and to persevere. It'll be worth it all. So press on, mom and dad. Press on, grandmother and, uh, and, and grandfather. Press on, high school student. Press on, middle school student. Press on, college student. Press on, young adults. Press on, middle-aged adults. Press on, senior saints. Press on, choir member. Press on, children's worker. Press on, youth worker. All of us, let's press on for the glory of God. Not for our good, or it will be for our good, but not for our glory, but for His glory and our good. I desire to lock arms with you here at First Baptist Church so we can do this very thing that I'm talking about, that I'm preaching about to you this morning, that we can press on together in Jesus' name. That, that's my, that's my God-given desire, I believe. I, I want to join in with you. I want to help. I wanna, want us to press on in Jesus' name. You know, they say that the windshield of your car is bigger than your back window because where you've been is not necessarily important as where you're going. 
You know, and, and there's been some hurts and there's been some trials and suffering along the way, but it's worth it all. And, and forgetting the past and pressing on in Jesus' name. They say to, a air, uh, to an airline, airplane pilot, the, the runway that's behind you is not important. It's the runway that's ahead of you. So let's press on. Let's press on this morning. Press on together. I began running about three years ago. And, and really, I guess it's because I was approaching 40. And maybe it was a midlife crisis. I, I don't know. Um, there, there's, there, I'm sure there's things in my life that the last couple of years, Valerie will just say, you know, you're going through midlife crisis. You just need to chill out. <laughs> but, um, but I started running about three years ago. And, um, and I, I've en- I enjoy it. Um, I ran my first half marathon uh, last year. That was one of my goals was to do that last year. And I, I accomplished that. And last year I ran 184 miles total. Uh, and that's really, that, that's not a lot. There's, there's some that run a whole lot more than that. But here's the thing, I love it. I wouldn't do it if I, if I didn't love it. You know, during a run, uh, certainly it's tough and it's difficult. I mean, one of the routes I run uh, comes down here to North Palmetto, down there at the bridge, right there at North McAllister. And man, you start running up that hill. Do you think I enjoy running at that time? Absolutely not. <laughs> and I, I think about this verse a lot of times, just keep pressing on. I'll get to the top. Just keep pressing on. And you know, my legs hurt. They, they ache sometimes. And sometimes it'll be hot and humid. Sometimes it, it'll, the, the weather won't be like, like I want it to be. My circumstances won't be like I want it to be. But every step, just keep pressing on. And I want to urge you this morning to press on, press on in, in Jesus' name. Warren Wiersbe once said, The Christian runner with the spiritual mind realized that God must work in him if he is going to win the race. Oh, Lord, how we need you. God, we need you to work in us. Lord, I need you to work in me. That's the key, is the power of God and depending on Him, opening His Word and relying on His Word and trusting in Him, getting close to Him in prayer and and desiring Him to work in us that we may press on. Well, not only should we realize what is involved with with pressing on that that we see here in verse 14, I press toward the mark. But I want us to to look at another realization here in the latter part of verse 14. We need to realize the prize for believers. That's what I want us to see. Realize the prize for believers here in the latter part of verse 14. And and then I'm done. Look with me at, at the latter part. Paul says, For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now obviously prize uh, means an award to the victor in, in the games. It's, it's a metaphor also of a heavenly reward of Christian character. You know, we, we desire to do what's right. You know, that, that's, that's exactly what this is talking about, a prize. We, we're, we're pressing toward the mark for the prize, uh, desiring to, to win the race of living for God and doing what's right. And in Paul's day, the winner of the Greek games, they, they were um, awarded the wreath of leaves that they would, they would place. And also, they sometimes would receive a case reward. But here's, here's the thing. The Christian receives an award of everlasting glory. What I'm saying to you is what, what you do for the Lord, when you press on for the Lord, there's an everlasting reward that awaits you in heaven. And here's the thing. You know what we're going to do with those rewards? I mean, God, God, is, is, God remembers it all. And I'm going to, I know we'll be embarrassed at the judgment seat of Christ, those of us that are believers, when we stand before Him and, and we, we see how we've messed up and blown it. But for every, every act that you do for the Lord in service, there's an award waiting for you in heaven. And then, you know, we're going to take that award. You know what we're going to do? 
we're going to fall down at his feet and we're going to give those awards back to him because he alone is worthy. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? I mean, when we see our Lord and Savior face to face, what a day that's going to be. What, a, what, a, what an awesome day that's going to be. And to have those rewards and to give them back to him. What, what, a, what an awesome thought. That day is very real and that day is coming. But, but um, I, I, want you to, I, I want you to listen to this. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25 concerning this prize that, that, that you and I will receive. Paul says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. But one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. But here it is. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I'm talking about a, a, a crown, a, a, an eternal reward, an, an incorruptible crown. When I think of, an, of receiving a, a trophy or a reward or a prize here on earth, I think about the Vince Lombardi trophy. Man, those teams are fighting hard to try to win that Super Bowl trophy. The NHL Stanley Cup. Have you ever seen those, those, uh, ice, those, uh, those hockey players on that ice and they, hold that, they hoist that trophy up? I don't see how they don't fall down and bust it. But they, they skate around and they, that's the moment they've been working for. The, the, the Stanley Cup, the Larry O'Brien NBA Championship, the Major League Baseball Commissioner's Trophy, the winner of the World Series, the College Football BCS Championship Trophy that... Florida State's going to get tomorrow. I mean, uh, that. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, there, there's, there's sacrifice and there's teams. I'm not a Florida State fan, by the way. Um, but, uh, but anyway, there's, there's time and there's money and there's sacrifice and dedication that's put in to those trophies. And, and since Paul is, is using the, uh, racing, I, I, wanna, I want you to think about ne the next Dell Cup, NASCAR next Dell Cup, and what goes into winning uh, a race and, and even winning a championship a race car cost easily over four hundred thousand dollars with a motor now how many of you'd like to go pay four hundred thousand dollars for a car then there's the research for power got to have more power always trying to to figure out how to get more power they want lasting engines but they also want racing engines that's not going to weigh that much and boy i'm sure that's a that's a difficult task to have a durable engine that doesn't yet weigh too much that gives as much power as possible. Then there's the studies in the wind tunnels and the aerodynamics. Crews who literally work around the clock, many of them are young, and many of them at the sacrifice of their families, working at the shop. Some of them don't even go to the racetrack. They're at the shop all the time, working and, and trying to, to get faster and, 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 uh, and trying to get powerful cars. And, and then there's the need for sponsors. Tires on these race cars cost $450 each. Man, that's... Imagine that, going down and buying four tires that cost $450. That's, that's nearly $2,000 for a set. And, and I've, I'm told that, that in a, a race that a, that a crew will go through six, seven, and even more sets of tires. That, that's a lot of money. They need those sponsors. And all of this for an award, the Nextel Cup, that will perish. What, what's all these trophies in this world going to matter 100 years from now? Not a whole lot. But I'm telling you, when you press on in Jesus' name and you serve the Lord, there's an everlasting award that's awaiting you. It's not going to fade away, as, as, as Peter says in 1 Peter 3 and 4. Listen to this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy 
hath begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen to this. To an inheritance incorruptible, already, already saw that, and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved for you in heaven. I mean, this, this award for serving the Lord and pressing on for the Lord is undefiled. It's not going to fade away. And so the high calling that Paul is, is talking about was his ultimate goal. And he didn't allow anything to compromise the high calling of God uh, that Paul talks about here in the latter part of verse 14. The prize, everlasting prize, the high calling of God. I had the privilege not too long ago, and uh, Eric Bowman is here. He also uh, helped me. Uh, we had the privilege of coaching a, an eight and under all-star team. And we, had, we picked the team from three teams here in Liberty, small town Liberty. And we, we, had, a, we had a pretty strong team. And we didn't know how we were going to fare in the district. We, we played teams like Malden. Malden had 20 teams to pick their all-star teams from. Uh, teams like Simpsonville and Fountain Inn and, 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 and uh, all these bigger cities. And, and so we took our, our team and we, we, uh, we went to the district and we won the district and was able to go to the state. And we were so proud and we worked hard. We raised money. All of it was, was for the goal of, of winning the state. Well, we went down to the state. And we went one and two. We were kind of disappointed. Didn't go well like we wanted. And so we, we came back home. And I remember getting a call from the state director. He said, Mark, we want you to know that we voted and we chose Liberty for the sportsmanship trophy. And I, I want you to know I was more proud of that than the championship trophy. And I felt kind of bad because the championship trophy and the sportsmanship trophy were, were exactly the same because Dixie Youth wanted to promote sportsmanship and so the, the runner-up was just a rinky-dink small little trophy and, and we go down there and get a, a big trophy for sportsmanship but I but I think about that and you know we, we all want to win and we want to we strive and all the price and, and sacrifice and a lot of times we, we sacrifice our family's spiritual uh, level for for the, the uh, uh, try, trying to win and trying to win being successful but um, but this but this sportsmanship trophy I, you think about that it just kind of puts it all in perspective. What's more important is living for God and doing things right, even among uh, those that are in this world that, that doesn't seem to be their desire. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, He says, Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in verse 33, Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What's the desire of your heart today? Are you pressing on in Jesus' name? Are you, are you focused on that prize, that eternal reward that awaits you in heaven? Or are you... Are you laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven? You see, we can be successful here on, on this earth. And we can strive to make all the money and get all the material things all we want to. But those things are going to burn. Those things aren't going to last. What really matters is serving the Lord and staying faithful and pressing on like the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. It's a high calling, and that was Paul's goal that he pressed on to reach, that, that goal of, of serving the Lord. 
And, and as I've already shared with you, it's my desire this morning to join together with you here at First Baptist that, that we, could, we could strive to press on and, and uh, strive for this same reward that we're looking at this, this morning. The eternal reward. We serve the Lord together, laying up treasures in heaven so that one day we can stand together. We can fall at the feet of Jesus and say, Thou art worthy. You are worthy, dear Lord. And I wonder this morning, maybe there might be some of you that, that need to get in the race. You're not in the race. You've never been saved. Jesus came and He died in your place. And you know, that's what you were created for, was to know the Lord and serve the Lord. That, that's the purpose. That's the ultimate purpose for mankind, is to, to know the Lord, trusting in Christ as Lord and Savior, and, and serving the Lord. I, I love the, the, the motto here at First Baptist. Love God, love others, and follow Jesus. Well, following Jesus includes perseverance and pressing on. Don't get out of the race. And maybe you need to get in the race. I can't think of a better time than the first Sunday of a new year, 2014, for you to come and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. I encourage you to, to do that this morning. If the Lord's dealing with your heart, I encourage you to come and say yes to Him. And all the things of this world that doesn't satisfy, you'll find out serving Jesus is sweet. He satisfies like nothing else in this world. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've, you've kind of thrown in the towel. Or maybe you're thinking about throwing in the towel. You've kind of gotten out of the race. Our Lord and Savior is worthy of living for and serving. So how about you this morning? Do you need to get in the race? Do you need to get back in the race? I encourage you, let's press on together. Let's press on in Jesus' name for His glory and our good. And I know that God will be pleased. I know that God will bless when we focus on Him and, and that high prize, the high calling of God, that prize and laying up treasures in heaven. Let me encourage you to press on this morning. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before You, Lord, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, it tells us to press on. Lord, to focus on the high calling of God, to receive that prize that awaits us in glory. And Lord, I just ask this morning, Lord, that You'll as you're dealing with our hearts, God, that we'll open our hearts to you and we'll say yes to you. Lord, it might be that there's one or two here that, that needs to get saved. And, and Lord, that this world has is, 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 uh, is not caused anything but, but sorrow for them. But Lord, there's, there's joy in knowing you. And God, I pray they'll come and receive you as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's some that, that used to serve you and maybe some that used to enjoy serving you. But Lord, they no longer do that. Help them, Lord, to, to get back in the race. Lord, to press on. Lord, to continue on in Jesus' name. For there's an eternal reward awaiting. And we thank you for that, Lord. It'll be worth it all one day. Just one glimpse of you in glory will the toils of life repay. God, I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for First Baptist Church. God, I pray that we'll press on in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Allen's going to be standing down front. We're going to have a time of invitation. And I encourage you this morning, as the Lord leads, oh, how I encourage you to come forward this morning. Dr. Allen?
Doug is going to escort our guest from the room. Last Sunday, the search committee brought a recommendation. It was not a motion. It was simply a recommendation. Today, we must have an official motion. I'll ask the chairman, Deacons, if he will come and make that motion now. We consider the conference open, and he will make the motion as it was presented from the search committee, okay? Uh, from the deacons, um, we make that motion to move forward with voting for Mark as pastor of the church. All right. Thank you so very much. I heard some seconds, but coming from the search committee and the deacons, you did not have to make that, but that tells me of solidity. Okay. You like that word? Solidity. Now, we have a motion and a second, officially from two bodies in this congregation. Are there any comments or questions that come to your mind now? Any question that you may have in reference to the committee's recommendation? All right, hearing none, are you ready to vote? Okay, come on, respond to me now, because we're going to do this thing right. <laughs> All right, you ready to vote? All right. Now, tell us how we're going to do that, sir. Uh, Mr. Beeland's going to get this side over here. I'll pass out the ballots on this side. Uh, it's simple. Are you in favor of calling Reverend Mark Canarney as pastor of Liberty First Baptist Church? Please circle yes or no. Um, and we'll take those back up, and we will count them. Matt, me, and George, if we'll count real quick down here once we take them up um, and we'll let everybody know what the verdict is real quick. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, fellas, if you will proceed to distribute the ballot and the bylaws state that the deacons are to count such a vote as this and our chairman has indicated that's what they will do. Okay, Mr. Chairman, it is your responsibility now. We'd like to welcome Reverend Mark Canarney as pastor of First Baptist Liberty Church. 
well, I'm, I just keep thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up, you know. Uh, I, I've been away from Liberty for, uh, for a little while, and, and I, I love Liberty. And to be able to, to have the privilege of pastoring here, this great church in, in a town that I love so much, is just, just a tremendous privilege, and I'm so undeserving of it. But I promise you that I'm going to serve the Lord with my whole heart. I'm going to do my best because He is worthy. And I encourage you to pray for me each and every day. And I'll pray for you as well. Uh, please pray for Sakona Baptist Church. I'll be sharing with them tonight. And um, that, that's a loving church. And I assure you, I've, and I'm going to tell them this this morning, I'm not leaving because there was bad circumstances or anything like or I wasn't enjoying it. The reason I'm, I'm leaving is because God has called me here. And I believe that with all my heart. Thank you. Do I hear a motion that we adjourn the conference? A motion is made if you're in favor. Ah, if you're in favor, please stand. Now, Brother Mark, then I want your family, we're going to ask you all to stand right here in the front. Normally we go to the vestibule, but it's cold out there. So just stand right here, and after our benediction, I hope you'll all come around and Show them of your love and your prayers. There are great days ahead. This is, as I have told you, for 16 months. First Baptist Church is a great church. Amen. And don't let anybody tell you it isn't. And as long as you keep your eyes on Christ, following as Mark said in his sermon, great things are going to be done, not for your glory now. Please even emphasize that. But for the glory of God. That's why we're all here. Now, remember this evening, we're going to be having our worship service at 6 o'clock. Come on, let's share that time together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. It is a historical one. The church has voted. And I pray, Father, that each vote that was cast was so cast because these people have prayed. And we know Mark and his family have been praying. This is a big change in their lives the children now they know many of these people I'm sure a lot of kids and all but they've got to learn a lot of new faces so just love them and help them all to know that you're here for them and that in everything that's done the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted high and mighty in Christ's name Amen. Amen. Amen.